0: God is good. 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 The Lord is good. The Lord is good. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Let's let's do let's do this. Let's all stand. I, I, let's all stand in honor of the Lord. Okay, He is. There's uh, an under shepherd. He is the shepherd of this house. Let's give Him some praise. Come on, Jesus is on His throne. All right. I want to make a declaration as we're all standing here together. We declare freedom in this house. Freedom reigns in this place. Freedom. Freedom. So, and, I, and I want to speak, I want to just start this way and, and declare breakthrough. I want to declare, so, so listen, do you know that a shout, if you go up to the mountains and you've got hundreds of metric tons of ice, snow, do you know that the right shout at the right time, just one person's shout can cause it to all break loose, okay? And so we're believing today that God has something in store for every one of us. Father, in the name of Jesus, don't close your eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that uh, what has seemed strange to people in the past would become grace-filled normalcy today. And what has been trampled underfoot by the enemy, God, would be redeemed. I thank you that no son and daughter is disqualified. I thank you that all are in the race, and we all run to win. In Jesus' name, and God's people said. Give somebody a high five today. Give them a high five. launch right in. Delighted to see you today. God bless you. Welcome. Can we welcome all of our campuses? Give them a big hand. South Shore, Plant City. Come on. Student ministry. It's time for uh, uh, an awakening in our country, right? It's time for an awakening. It's time, it's time for, for God to do the next thing in our country, right? It's time. I recently read a, a bleak assessment on Christianity in America. I, I want to just read it to you here. and Look at how the glory has departed. You know the term Ichabod. Look at how the glory has departed. You that were seasoned, right, seasoned believers in the house, can I get an amen? You remember, you remember 50 years ago when the churches were in their glory? 50 years ago when they are in their glory. What a change there's been. There was a time when churches were beautiful. They were beautiful on the outside and beautiful on the inside, beautiful with the people. Many people were converted and willingly declared that God had done something in their souls. And they were added the number of salvations in the church daily. Many were being saved, but conversions have become a rare thing in this day. Look into the pulpit and see if there is such glory as there once was. The glory is faded, almost gone. The special design of providence in this country seems to be now over and we weep to think about it. Those words, condensed, came from a sermon by Reverend Increase Mather in 1702. So we go through ebbs and flow and, you know, we, we go down into the valley and then we come up onto the mountain and through seasons in America, all through our history, there have been lows, but God is faithful in the lows to bring revival. He's faithful. To regenerate a nation, there are five awakenings. I want to just, just, just. I want to just skim over the top. the The first great awakening in our nation in early seventeen hundreds, and the Enlightenment was taking place in Europe, and you know you've got all these philosophers starting to talk about higher reason and all of these things. And George Whitfield and Jonathan Edwards preached the gospel in our nation. And they share in the divine providence for the formation later on of our Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, the men of God, in our country. As the years progressed and we waned again and fell into decay in the Second Great Awakening in the 1790s, only one in ten Americans went to church. Revival broke out in Cain Ridge, Kentucky. Come on, Kentucky! thousands gathered in prayer and repentance. And so what I want you to see is I want you to see men and women of God. I want you to see prayer and repentance. And I want you to see young people because that's the formula. That's the formula for revival. And it spread to surrounding colleges in Virginia. And then it took fire and spread across the nation. The third great awakening, 1857, a man named Jeremiah Lamphere. He was a businessman. And he said, God is going to show up in the city of New York, New York City. God's going to show up here. And so he started a Bible study on Fuller Street, and the Bible study broke out. And it was, it, was, it was incredible what happened as it spread across the cities in the nation. Charles Finney was a famous preacher. He picked up the mantle eventually, and they say one to two million people gave their lives to Jesus, And then the turn of the 20th century, a young man, a coal miner, was preaching. His name's Evan Roberts. He was preaching in Wales, and he preached one sermon, and the Welsh revival was catalytic around the world. It literally moved from that place in Wales. And they say that uh, during the time when he was preaching, he, he was, a, he was a, a young man, a coal miner. He wasn't a, a, an astute preacher. He wasn't a learned Man, he, he was preaching the gospel, and when he did, because there had been people who were praying. Right. They were on their face and serving God and worshiping and calling out his name and saying, God, you have to come, you have to come, you have to come. Uh-huh. And when he preached the gospel, it said that the very presence of God came and sat down. Come on, light. <laughs> sat down on Wales itself. Now, now, now wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't that be good? How great would that be? The Welsh revival began, and it was catalytic around the world, the greatest evangelical push of the gospel in world history. It literally traveled the globe. It influenced Azusa Street. You remember that name in California? And and Azusa Street exploded, and it was catalytic for the Pentecostal movement here in the United States. It, It was the move. And then the 60s and the 70s occurred, right? Peace, love, and toking. And MLK was assassinated, JFK was assassinated, the Vietnam War was going on, Nixon was president. And civil unrest was at the highest point, maybe, in American history, right? Some of you remember that. It was, so, so those of you who are going through what we're going through now, and all the civil unrest and everything that's going on, gender, sexuality, all the things that are you know, piped into our country, our nation, I want you to know that it's been worse. It's been worse before. And some people started a Bible study in a coffee house in San Francisco. And the hippies came to get coffee. Starbucks learned the lesson. <laughs> By the way, do you know the Starbucks symbol is a, a siren? She's a goddess of the sea. And those two symbols, they're cute. That's, that's actually her legs. Look it up. I'm not gonna say anymore. Some of you are like, oh goodness. I got a picture. That's crazy, isn't it? it? I mean, I'm like, I don't know if I want to touch that cup, but <laughs> the coffee's good. Symbolism, no bueno. No bueno. Deities behind deities behind deities. And so the hippies came to the coffee shops and it spread all over the country coffee shops, all over the place. Coffee shops, coffee shops, coffee shops. And it says that the wind of revival blew the hippies into the Pacific Ocean to be baptized. And it blew them into the baptistries all around the United States. And that movement has still affected some of you in this nation today. It's time for the sixth awakening to occur. Those awakenings deep in the souls of America laid the moral foundation for happiness and catalyzed successive generations of young people into lifelong ministries. America cannot be saved, cannot be saved by politics. And the answer isn't in being Republican or Democratic or Democrat or Independent or a Socialist. Let it burn. Our economists and educators cannot save us. Let me say it again. Our economists and our educators cannot save us. Our doctors and our lawyers and our physicians cannot save us. They cannot save us. Our entertainers offer diversions without meaning, and our technology gives us progress without morality. We've seldom been in greater need for inner revitalization and conditions are ripe, and the time is now. The time is now. Haggai says that, uh, why don't you think the time is now? We're, we're worried about things on the outside and we're building our homes. And he says, go up to the mountains, cut down the timber, come back here and build the house of the Lord. Come build the house of the Lord. This is the only hope for our nation and the greatest need of our world. The sixth awakening is overdue. It's overdue. Why not here and why not now? I want to ask you a question why not here and why not now? Why not today? Why not tomorrow? Why not next week? Why not right now, while we're preaching and teaching? Why not now? We've been on our face for ten years, calling on God every Wednesday at noon. That doesn't happen by accident. God has to move by a divine ordination of the Spirit to call people to do that. It doesn't happen. How you know how hard? If you can beat the devil on a Wednesday at noon, you could beat him any day of the week. Any day of the week. We have a vision, and you're the pro-vision for the vision. Say, I'm the pro-vision. Come on, say it like you mean it. And I'm the pro-vision for the vision. God has a vision for the house. God has a vision for your life. We have a 10-year vision, and it's you know five campuses and thousands of people and 80% of the people, 80%, 80% of the people in small groups and 80% of the people serving and 80% of the people giving. It's a big, audacious vision. It's a giant vision, but we also have a 15-month vision. It was an 18-month vision, but then I messed around and had to have surgery, and now it's 15. (laughs) And, and, And so the banner, the bumper sticker for the next 15 months through summer of next year for all of our church, the banner, the bumper, the sticker is, you're up. You're up. You're up. And I, I, so, so, look, I want you to see some pictures just to think about you're up, okay? And so we can catch, you're up. Do you remember, do you remember T-ball? So you join the team. You join the team. You want to join the team. And then you, you, it's a proud day. You get your jersey. And then you put your little hat on, right? And you might be 45 or 50, but you're just getting into the game. It's T-ball time. You're just getting in. You're just learning. But eventually, coach says very gently at this age, come on. Do you remember? Come on, buddy. You're up. Come on, young lady. You're up. And you walk up with trembling knees. You walk up and you see the batter's box for the first time. And you're holding the bat in your hand and you hit the ball. You're up. You're up. It's simple. It's transferable. The next thing is, remember the first time you gave a speech? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> ha, 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 hey, hey, hey. I promise you, I gave my first speech in college. I was a sophomore in college, and I was, so, you know, I play football on a football field with a football. Okay, so I I'm, have I'm my helmet and them him my pads. Anyway, all I could do was smile, ah, ah, ah. I, and I uttered a few things, and my teacher was so gracious. She was so nice. I'll never forget her. She had the biggest smile, the warmest heart, and she could only say this thing. You have a wonderful smile. (laughs) Yes. Hallelujah. There's hope for all of us. So the next thing, so here's transferable. Listen, you remember when you graduated? What a season. Don't think about the evening. You partied hard. Stop it. Uh, you, it's a transition phase. You're up. It's time you're up. It's a new phase for you. Next thing. Transferable. You're up. Remember when you got married? Hey. And then I, why is it so why is it so somber in here? What happened? Do with a man good to find a wife. Whew. Jesus. Clean that off, Lord clean it, Jesus. Come on. It's a new phase. You're up because now I'm, uh, I'm the head of a household. Now I'm, uh, now, next one, right? Next one. Now I'm a mom. You remember that day. And now you're happy. <laughs> Babies, they make me happy. If you can't smile at a baby, you can't smile. Is this the way it is? And, and, but do you remember the, the weight, the responsibility? You're up. You're up. You're a mom. You're a dad. New responsibility. You remember the first time you become a life group leader? Okay, here we go. Remember? You're up. First day. The very first day you open the Word of God and you're saying, okay, my hand's on the yoke. I'm going to pull back on the yoke. And now I'm lifting off. And there's a group of people with me. I'm responsible for them. Wow, you're up. You're up. God, so listen, here's what I want to say to you. You can do this. Listen to me. Come on. You can do this. I mean it. You can do this. The devil himself can't stop you. You can do this. God's got this. God's got you. God's got a vision and a plan for you. You're his provision for the vision. Let me go to the scripture, Ephesians 4.11. So in the vision that we have, there's three things that I want you to be aware of. We're going to work on our environments, and we're going to make them as great and super soaker, Jesus-filled presence of God. We're going to give everything we can to our environments. And what we're seeking isn't flash and pomp and circumstance. We're not seeking excellence for excellence' sake. We're seeking excellence in the nobility of Jesus so the presence of God falls in this place. On all of our campuses across. And the second thing is students. Everybody say students. Without them, we cannot win. Without them, we cannot win. We won't win today. We won't win tomorrow. If we lose them today, tomorrow is gone. We have to go backwards and reach our children and our junior high and our high school and our college students. And I want to tell you, come on. They they might be small, but they're full of the Holy Ghost. They're they're powerful and we cannot discount them. We cannot treat them as, um, as throwaways. We have to say to them when they're 12 and 13 and 14 and 15, we need to say, do you want to have a great life? Yes, then prepare for it. Do you want to have a great husband or wife? Absolutely. Then become a good man and become a good woman. I could, man, I could keep going. I could keep going. Listen, the race is ours to win if we'll all go together. Come on, the race is ours to win if we'll all go together. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. 11 through 16, the other repository, one, two, three, environment, students, and then life groups because we know life on life is what makes the church go around. Life on life is what makes the church go around. It's what makes the church real. It's what takes a, a big atmosphere and makes it uh, transferable to you. It's what, it's what works inside of you. You have to see a picture to emulate a person. You got to see it. You got to be with it. So here's our job. The, the job of the pastors and the teachers, the leaders, okay, God says he gives gifts to everybody, and he says that some would be apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastor-teachers, the fivefold ministry. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastor-teachers. Everybody, everybody give me a five. Come on, fivefold. That's what the five-fold ministry is. So there's leaders in the church, and I won't go through all of them, and we're here to equip. Everybody say equip. equip. The saints. That's you. You're a saint. Turn to your neighbor say, I'm a saint. Come on. If you think that's funny, stop it. Some of you are like, no, you're, you're not a saint. Yes, technically <laughs> you are. For the building up of the body of Christ until we all come into the unity of the faith with the knowledge of the Son of God to the maturity of the measure of the fullness of the stature of Jesus. So we're not talking about a man-made empowerment. We're talking about a Holy Ghost a overtaking of who you are. We're talking about you growing into the maturity of the fullness of the stature of Jesus. And he said, greater things you will do than I even did. Jesus said that. Jesus said that. Jesus said that. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro, blown about by the wind of every doctrine, by the trickery, by the craftiness and the deceitful scheming. There's so much going on in our culture. Truth is a lie and lies are truth. Every single day, pumped and pumped and pumped. 15, by speaking the truth, in love, we must grow up. By the way, how awesome was Stephen Robles' message this weekend? Holy moly. Whoa. I was shouting myself happy. That's truth. Veritas. Truth in love. We must grow up in every way into Him who is the head, who's Christ, from the whole body joined and knit together by every ligament, uh, uh, which is equipped in each part working properly, promoting the body's growth and building itself up in love. Growing. And so, so here's our job, all right? And I'd like to have somebody, can I have somebody, a volunteer? Just anybody. A, a lady, preferably, okay? You guys are a lady. A lady. Come on, just anybody. Come on, pop up real quick. I promise I won't hurt you. Come on. Give her a big hand. What's your name? Grace. Grace, what's up? Okay, here's here's the job of the pastor, all right? Here's the job of your your co-laborers, your leaders, is to equip you to run. You have a race to run. You have a calling to live, and God is equipping you, and he's calling you out there. You're up out there where you work, and you're up in here, and you're up in here. This is for you in the house and outside of the house. And so, what we want to do is we want to give you. And, and if if we had you run right now, you could probably run pretty cool, but you're barefooted, and it wouldn't take long until your feet started hurting. So you need the shoes, okay? And then you need some socks, right? Everybody with me? Runners out there, you with me? You need some socks. Then you need some shorts, right? I mean, spandex are cool, but you got to have the shorts because we're running a 5K. So we give. So we are giving you equipment. The equipment is how to, enter, how, to, how to connect with God, how to understand the overview of the Scripture and then go deep into the Scripture, how to walk in the Spirit, how to grow, how to heal. You have the shorts now. Now you get the T-shirt, and the T-shirt is the crossing. Okay, so now you're equipped, except you need the Apple Watch. you got to have the Apple Watch, okay, because if you don't, you're not cool. But you have to keep track of your time and your distance and your race. You're measuring your time, okay? All right, that's fantastic. Now go put that stuff on and come back. No, I'm just kidding, honey. I'm totally, I'm totally kidding. Give her a big hand. Come on. Thank you. It's to equip. It's to equip. Here's the question. Are you willing? Come on, are you willing? Are you, are, no, 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 I'm, so, so I'm asking every person who's out there because I know church can beat you up. Yeah. I know life can beat you up. I know that when we come, we say, I'm beat, I'm broken, I'm tired. Are you willing to come under the covering of someone else to surrender and submit and to be shaped and coached and moved and stretched, and are you willing to sacrifice? So Because be, that's why I don't run. <laughs> Anybody with me? I don't, I don't want to run. I'll run to my stop sign. I don't want to run any further. Let me say this to every, everybody. Every single Christian is designed to run the race God has set for you. There's not a single person. Everyone's designed to run. Everyone. Everyone's designed to run. And So what I want to do is I want to play a, a short clip for you. And it's, it's from a movie, Overcomer. And it was in 2019, and it's a, it's a Christian movie, and so I don't want to totally ruin it for you. Here's what I'm going to say about uh, online as well, if you watch online. When we play the video clips, we have to have CCL licensing, and so it's very, very strict. And so when, if you're watching at home, it's going to go blank for just a second. I'm sorry. I love you, okay? Come to church next time. Um, I don't, I don't Listen, that's not like, pfft, pfft, I know. I mean, online viewing is amazing, and it's helpful. It's all around the world. I'm just kidding, Okay. Uh, But it's going to go blank. And let me give you just a little bit what happens, okay? As a young lady, she thinks she's disadvantaged. And she, she does. But she discovers that God loves her and that she was actually born to run. She's actually born to run. She was bred. Listen to me. You're bred to run, you're not bred to sit. You're born to run. Your your integrity and how you were formed and how you were fashioned is to be a runner. To be a runner. And she discovers the victory in her life by listening to her coach and listening to the voice of her father. Check it out. Hannah, this
1: is your dad. I'm going to coach you through this race and be with you every step of the way. We're going to do this together. Just stay with me. tells you that you can't do it. Don't listen to it. It'll tell you that you should quit. But you tell your body that your mind is in charge today. Give God your best, Hannah. And no matter what, I love you. Right now you're coming to your first hill. A lot of girls gonna slow down, but not you. You're going to attack this hill. I want you to pump your arms hard. Your legs are gonna speed up too. Pick out the next girl in front of you and pass her. You can do this, Hannah. I know you can. Get it. Don't look back to see who's behind you. Don't worry about them. Focus on what's ahead. It's just like in life. You can't let the past slow you down. Press on to what's ahead. When we give our life over to God, he helps us, he forgives us. He can turn the bad to good and carry us forward. you're like me this is where your body hits the wall but we're gonna push through it this is where you think like a winner most runners will slow down but not you you have half a mile to go and it belongs to you if your legs are burning let them burn your lungs may be tired but they're not done yet other runners are feeling the same thing you've got to get yourself in position your last is coming. If anyone is in front of you, you gotta get around them. Don't let anyone block you. You're near the finish line, and we're gonna finish strong. You're about to come out of the woods. If Coach Harrison is right, the lead runner is about 30 yards in front of you. It's almost time to kick it in. This is where you pull all your reserves. This is where you leave it all on the course. Now, my daughter, it's time. Track her down. I'm right here with you. You can do this. I can see you winning. I can see you winning. Do it, Anna. Do it, my daughter.
0: winner this is where you live like a winner today when your soul when your flesh is crying out and saying i want to eat it i want to taste it i want to touch it and your spirit man says not today your soul is crying when you're a runner when you're an athlete your body starts to say i absolutely will not go but your mind and your spirit says oh we're going that is the christian life that is the Christian life. I'm, I am, my body my body is, crum, is just crumpled under the weight of sin, but my spirit stands up and says, I will not bow down to that today. I'm, I'm not going to bow down. I'm a runner. I'm, I'm, I was so messed up today. I can't even, I, man, I'm serious. I've, I was up at four, I've been crying and praying all day. What's up? I mean, I'm. I, I, listen. You're made to run. And you might need to push past some of your border bullies. You might need to push past. Don't let the people around you keep you where you are. Don't, there's a, you're only. You're designed to run your race. Here's the other thing that I need you to understand. You're not alone. We run together. We're not alone. And if you're broke and you're busted and you're hurt and you're defeated and you're disillusioned about the church, the longer, the longer you stay in church and you don't have sacrificial service. and In other words, I mean something that really costs you. The longer you're in church, the more disappointed and disillusioned you become. You, the longer you're in a church without actually pouring out your life for Jesus, the more disappointed you get in your church. So you come into church, you go to church, you go, How, what's going on? Nothing. Well, everything. Jesus is in this house. Come on, man. Listen, okay, I want the guys to come out. You guys come out here. I want, I want to give you a little illustration. Here's what I want to say to you. Everyone, I, I, everyone gets to go on a journey for the crossing. Everybody. Listen to me, listen to me. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've been. Look, look, man, I don't care what you've been into. I don't care about your gender. I don't care about what you think. I don't care about where you've been. I don't care about your color. I don't care about your history. Everyone gets to go on the crossing. Everyone gets to go. Everybody. And so if you've been in church for 50 years or 60 years, and you're just saying, my life is over, you're divorced, you've, you've gone through all kinds of things, even you... A rough past, do you know that, that a rough past in your history, God can redeem. God can actually use what he taught you in your brokenness and transfer it to your Christianity. And what the devil designed for evil, God turns around for is good. So look, so look here, I got guys who are runners and they're carrying a guy who's wounded. And if you're wounded, we'll carry you. Listen to me, we'll carry you. Listen to me again, we'll carry you. But you're not designed to stay wounded. If you're broken, you're busted, and you're beat up, or you're brand new, we'll carry you. And, we're gonna all, and the picture is these guys are running. They're holding and they're running. And this board is heavy because you're on it. But you're not designed to stay down the entire time. You gotta get up. You gotta get healed. You gotta get healed, church. Listen to me. And then you gotta get up off the board. And, and move from the wounded into the worker for the Lord. Look, look. Come on, let's go more than that. Come on. Amen. Thank you, guys. Mm. Come on, iPad. Hebrews. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, remember there are hundreds, if not hundreds of millions of men and women who've gone before you. This isn't just you running. They're in the stands. They're cheering you on. They're saying every saint who's ever lived before you, some were hung upside down and crucified in Jesus' name, sawn in half, fed to animals for the name of Jesus. Remember, Christians in America, they've gone before us. They're calling us on. They're saying, come, come. A great cloud of witnesses, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Scorning at shame, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you do not grow weary and tired and fall out of the race. Here's where we've been. Here's where we've been at the crossing church 15 years, been here 15 years, and we've so we've done a really good job of saying, the Lord has a plan for me. God has a plan for me. Come on, say it with me. God God has a plan for me. For For I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and to give you a future. Here's where we've been. God has a plan for me. Here's where we're going. I am God's plan. I am God's plan for others. God has a plan for me. Yeah, saved, healed, set free, delivered. Healed, saved, set free, delivered. God has a plan for you. You are God's plan for other people. So we don't stop with just the salvation and the glory and the goodness, and I get healed and all those things. But I turn around. I went to the hospital. I was sick and dying. God revives me. And then what I do is I dress up in those doctor clothes, and I go back into the hospital to help other people. Matthew 9.35 says that Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in the synagogue, preaching the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and they were helpless. How many, come on, you, you get me? Yeah. Harassed and helpless in darkness like sheep without a shepherd. You know, we have 28 pastors here for over 7,000 people to care for. We need We need, we need life group leaders. We need apprentices. We need host homes. We need life. We need life group leaders. And I see life groups. I see them. You you know what? We moved six hundred people into life groups last year. Come on, let's give it up for that. Six hundred. But I want you to hear. I want you to hear this. I I want you to listen to me. Inside of those life groups are capable people to multiply life groups. Here's the vision. Here, here I want you to hear the vision. Easter is coming. Easter's around the corner. And we're going to preach and teach and preach and teach and preach and teach. And at Easter, what God said is, I want you to make it very simplistic, but I want it to be powerful. I want it to be easily understood. I want it to be powerful. I want you to teach on the lordship of Jesus. And then on the lordship of Jesus, I want you to have people affirm, just the ABCs. And then I want you to teach about baptism. And then I want you to call them to commitment, confirmation. How many of you remember confirmation? Remember? Okay, we're going to have a cross in Confirmation. And I'm going to tell people at Easter. I'm going to say, if you'll give me five weeks, I'll guarantee you a pattern that'll change your life for the rest of it. If so, Tamara and I are going to co-teach. I'm going to teach Easter. Tamara and I, they're going to co-teach. We're going to tell you our story. We're going to talk about baptism. We're going to baptize hundreds of people. Then we're going to teach you how to have a a quiet time, how to engage with God. It's called the Manual Journal. Then we're going to teach you an overview of the Bible. And Pastor Stephen's going to do this one, Overview of the Bible and How to Engage with the Word of God. Then we're going to teach you about small groups, five weeks up until Memorial Day. We're going to teach you. But we can't do it alone. We can't do it alone. I need you to pray. Are you with me? I need you to bring your friends and family. Are you with me? Bring them. Bring them. I promise you, I'll give you everything I have. I promise you. Anyone who's willing to get in the boat, we're going to row until our arms fall off. And then we're gonna have some incredible things around summertime and you know, you know, June is Pride Month. We're gonna have a national speaker come in and and we're gonna talk, we're gonna deconstruct the whole thing. We're gonna construct, we're gonna reconstruct the authority and the wisdom of God. We're gonna have question and answer, we're not we're not gonna listen, we're not gonna turn our face from the people that are misunderstanding that God has a better way for them. We're not gonna turn our face, and we're not gonna we're not gonna turn a blind ear, we're not gonna act like it's not happening, we're gonna have conversation. Civil, moral, beautiful, redemptive conversation. And then in, and then in July, we're going to do a thing called At the Movies, and we're going to go get people. I'm going to ask them and say, I'm, and we're going to pop popcorn and have hot dogs. And I want you to come watch movies. And I want you to get people saved. Amen. And then in August, August and September, we're going to try. I'm going to do everything we can, and we're going to call it 7X, and we're going to move 1,000 to 1,200 people into life groups. But listen to me. Okay, listen to me. But that's why I need you today, because I need leaders for those who are coming into Life Groups in the fall. So I need you to say yes today to the run. I need you to say, I'm willing again. I'm willing. I'm willing to be a host. I'm willing to be a leader. I'm willing so that we can get you trained over the summertime so that when they come, they have some place, they have somebody who's willing to help carry them. So you can do this. And I know time is an issue, right? I want you to know if you give your time to God, God will multiply your time. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things, everything, every single thing, if you just prioritize it, if you just shift your clock and you say, I don't have, you know, the busiest people are the best people. And what I mean is if you get it done out there, you can get it done in here. And the people who, the people who are get or done are get or done, period. I don't, it doesn't matter who they are or where they're from. If you get or done, they're get or done. So the people that are get or done say, I don't have enough time. But God says, You're the get or done person. And I'm the one who made the get or done in you. And so if you give me the get or done, I'll get it all done for you. It just prioritize me, make me first. The second one is this talent issue. I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't, want to, I don't want to do something that I don't know how to do. And I get it. Listen to me. I understand. Nobody wants to be put in a position. Nobody wants to be in a, in a position where you go. I don't have the answer. I don't know what to do. I don't know look foolish, the whole thing. I don't care a rip about your talent. I don't care a rip. I just want you to be teachable. Just teachable. That's all we need. I don't care a rip about your talent. I don't care what your house is. You know, my house doesn't look good. It's not big enough. It's not green enough. It's not white enough. Who cares? There are people who are dying. They need somebody to say, "Jesus loves you." They need somebody to say, "I was blind, but now I see. It's not complicated. This light is complicated. But leading a life group is not. It' only totally went out. <laughs> Sorry.) <laughs> Jesus, help me. Here's the want you to know to end. Jesus was walking on the Sea of the Galilee. He saw the two brothers, Simon Peter and Andrew, and they were casting their nets in the lake, and, and, and they were fishermen. Everybody say fishermen. fishermen. Jesus walks up to them. He says, follow me he says, here's what he says in a nutshell. This is the paraphrased version. He says, everything in your life and all that you've learned and all that you have become and all that you've done and even your hurtful things and your shame and your brokenness and what happened to you when you were young, I'll redeem every bit of it. It's all, listen to me, it's all transferable training to the kingdom of God. When you say yes to Jesus, you're, 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 you being you being." You being an accountant, you being a sister, you being a brother, you being a husband, you being a doctor, you being a homemaker, God translates every bit of it to the kingdom. Every bit of training you've ever had, all of your education, every one of your experiences, He says, You're a fisherman, but I've come here, follow me, and I'll make you a fisher of men. So I will redeem everything you've ever done for my good and glory. Every bit of it. So here's how I want to end. Somebody, somebody hop up who's never, never, you've never casted a fishing a rod. You've never cast, anybody? Bueller? Anyone? Come on. Come on, give her a big hand. Come on. <laughs> Woo! Here's what I want you to know. Tell me your name. Audrey. Audrey. All right. All right. This is a fishing rod. <laughs> okay, sweetie, here's what we're going to do. Now, listen, uh, no humans were harmed in this demonstration, Okay, it's just a bobber. It has a little weight on the bottom. So, all right, so here's what we're going to do. Here's the point. You're going to get trained. Audrey? Audrey, Audrey you're going to get trained. Okay. So here's what we're going to do first. An Orientation. When you to put your hand just like this. Some of you remember nanu, nanu. Okay. You're going to slide it into here, just right there. Okay. All right. Now this turns, all right, oscillates you got a a little bit of line there, and you want it to come up here. Now you're going to take this finger, and you're going to hold that line right there. Okay? You're going to take this hand and open this thing called the bail. All right? Click it open. All right. Then you're going to put your hand on here. You're going to come to here, and you're going to arc. Everybody good? No humans were harmed in this demonstration. Okay, honey. So, Audrey, what you're going to do is here's the motion, and you come back like this and then you're gonna arc it, and when you get it at the top, I just want you to let go of your finger, okay? Arc, here we go, ready? Yeah, for real. And toss. Come on, give her a hand! Woo! Thank you, Audra, thank you. Give her a big hand, come on. Okay, listen, uh, uh, you know what, Audrey, can you come back for just a second? I love you, come here. Okay, watch this. Hold on to that bobber for me, okay? Here's what I want you to know. Listen, your pastors know where the fish are. I know where the fish are. I know how to fish. I'm serious, I know how to fish. I study fishing, I know where the fish are, I know what's biting, I know when they're biting. And if you'll come with me, if you'll come with your pastors, we'll train you. And within an hour you're going to have something hooked up on the end of your line. Fishermen aren't just fishermen because they fish. Fishermen are fishermen because they teach other people to fish. Disciples aren't disciples unless you're teaching others to be a disciple. And now you've got a grouper that weighs 20 pounds on the end of your rod, and you're going to be eating some dinner. Thank you, honey. All right. God bless you. Come on, church. This is not that difficult. Leading a life group is not that difficult. It's not. Just when you get to learn, you get to learn the deal. And so here's what I want to do, okay? I want to pray. I want to pray over you. We're going to worship for a little while. Is that okay? Alright, I want to pray over you and then I'm gonna ask you all of our campuses. And so Jeremy Shirley is doing an amazing job. Give him a big hand. You're doing an amazing job. Um I just, I just, I'm asking you to pray and I'm asking you to ask God. I'm not asking you to be cajoled or pushed or I, I wanna pull you. I don't want to push you. I wanna call you up to a, a higher place. And so I'm asking you to consider to pray. To just give God your time, give him your talent, give him your treasure. It doesn't matter. I want to say this to end. No one's disqualified. You're not disqualified. There's a lady on our staff that had a rough uh, difficulty in her, her childhood rearing years. But do you know that you learn during your difficulty more than any other times in your life? And so what that hurtful thing did is it taught her to be very astute in paying attention. And God has redeemed that talent in her and she is one of the most gifted, talented, administratively power-driven ladies I've ever met in my life. What the devil meant for evil, God turns for good in your life. You're not disqualified. You're not disqualified. You, listen, you can do this you can do this. We need 300 leaders as we go into the summer. 300. 300. So I'm asking you today to consider and pray. And as we leave, if God's already moved on you, I'm going to ask you to go to the table and sign up. Pastor Jeremy will get with you. You get a a weekly teaching. You're going to get trained. We'll help you. We'll cover you. We'll show you how to fish. Amen? Amen. Why don't we stand together? I want to pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your goodness and your glory and your grace. And we thank you, God, you designed us to run. And this race is an individual race that's done corporately. We run our own race, but we run it next to our brothers and our sisters. And we thank you, God, that no person is disqualified. No man, no woman, no child. And that we all get to go across into the promised land. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. The altar is open. If you, our pastors are going to come, if you need prayer, if God is moving in your heart, you're, you're touched. God, you want to do something today. You want to leave it here. You want to, today at noon prayer, I was so messed up. I, I just said, I've been wearing some stuff for 15 years and I want to leave my coat right here. I want to shed my coat. And if that's you today, if God needs to minister to you today, come come to the altar right here. Come to the altar right here. While I'm talking, you can begin to come. We love you. We love you. We love you. God bless you. We're going to worship for a minute, and then we're going to be dismissed.